1: Ready for our number three right here, right now, on the morning after on a Monday on Sports Grid in Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for sports grid radio on Sirius XM, all across the sports grid network. I am Ben Stevens. Each and every weekday, since I've been a part of the morning after, our number three has been known as Happy Hour. That is about to change starting tomorrow. But exciting news on the way for the spizz grids the morning after going down to just two hours 9 a.m eastern time till 11 a.m eastern time so hour number three will be no longer but happy hour will still be in that second hour and we'll always be happy to be with you here on the grid and the morning after the reason why additional programming and new ideas here on sports grid the newswire program hosted by our very own craig mish will debut tomorrow at 2 p.m eastern time the latest updates throughout your afternoon as it pertains to everything around the world of sports where the market is moving as you get ready for your evening early on in the afternoon based on the latest news hosted by the veteran broadcaster and reporter in craigness should be a great program for you all across the grid and again an additional update for you the morning after now down to just two hours but two great hours 9 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time each and every weekday right here on the grid so for one last time welcome to hour number three of tma a very happy third and final hour and as has been the case this is our west coast wake up uh
2: great scott man it's not me uh people don't know really tiger headphones really and Bead's number one Curry versus Simmons. Debo's living a pipe dream. Close, but no cigar, fellow Dolphin fans. And baseball is here. We'll get to all those stories, push your phone calls, Pyramid plays, open parlays, and of course, opposite picks all coming up on this uh, Monday morning. uh ESPN and uh, CBS with the calls the The Masters and the Red Sox win last night over the uh, Stankies as they do take uh, one of the three games. Uh, if you're going to take one, best to take the last one. I'll deal with that. We go on. Although baseball didn't do the Red Sox any favors today, playing in New York last night and then having to fly to Detroit and play a weird 5 o'clock start time game today. I don't know why 5 o'clock, but but they are. But baseball is here. Golf's here. NBA postseason is here. We'll get to it all. Plus your phone calls again, 844-843-6879. And where this morning comes... With some momentum, 21-20 and this year against the number
1: for L.A. when booked as an underdog and as we look at where the clippers have been they are going to be in a spot where they have covered in a bunch of their final five wins meanwhile minnesota has not covered in four straight games to end the year all booked as a favorite but the t wolves as we look at that total of 230 over in five straight in six of their last seven now the clippers won three of four in this season series against minnesota this year but all of those games coming before the middle portion of january these two two teams have not met since early january so it will be a renewed effort between the t wolves and the clippers come tomorrow night in minneapolis again right now the timberwolves booked as a three and a half point favorite on the FanDuel sportsbook the total is at 230 so what does this all mean for the big picture and the western conference we'll look at the odds in just a moment but first a welcome to our sports grid radio audience here our third and final hour of the morning after on this monday all across the grid in sirius xm channel 159 our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well i am ben stevens so the clippers booked as an underdog tomorrow night on the road getting three and a half points but la better odds on the Western Conference board right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the price on the Clippers has grown shorter and shorter over the last week. It is now at 19-1 to on Los Angeles, a full $8 ahead of where Minnesota is. Could that 19-1 to price be an indication of L.A.'s outlook for the rest of the Western Conference postseason? And one thing should be said about this game. Although the Timberwolves are favored by 3.5, the loser of this matchup should be, Pretty heavily favored against either New Orleans or San Antonio, the winner of that 9-10 matchup. Because for both Minnesota and Los Angeles to exit the play-in tournament and get in to the Western Conference playoffs, that result for both of those teams out of the West, minus 280 on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Pretty heavy odds in favor of both Minnesota and Los Angeles in one form or fashion reaching the Western Conference conference playoffs that game tomorrow night a full preview of it tomorrow on the morning after our first two-hour edition of the morning after now from 9 to 11 a.m eastern time each and every weekday that starts tomorrow tuesday april 12th as we also continue here in our West Coast wake-up, of course, we need to check in on the opening weekend of Major League Baseball. Slightly disappointing weekend for the teams out in Los Angeles/Anaheim. The Angels lose three of their opening four against the Houston Astros, and the Dodgers on the road in Colorado. Colorado, excuse me, dropped two of three against the rockies no real movement though for the dodgers in the national league west odds still very heavily favored to win this division at minus 250 and no real movement for colorado either as you can see there. pretty long odds 120 to one for the rockies but they were booked as an underdog in all three in the opening set against la they win two of those three outright colorado very good at home on the run line last year and continuing that here against the dodgers to open up the 2022 campaign plenty more of the morning after in hour number three up next here on the grid
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome back onto the program. It is our sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sharapan. It is nighttime in Pittsburgh. It is Philadelphia on the hat. And it is a Monday morning here on TMA. Sharapan, thank you for joining us once again on this Monday right here on the morning after. Ben, I
3: feel like I got bumped up a start coming in at the 12 instead of the 40. But I'm happy to be here. Um, lot going on. No NBA, Benjamin. No NBA. Today? Well, I mean, but today. we got play-in gotta, lines. We we got, yeah. Yeah, playing games. Come it's, on. The Laker season's over. Could it's, you call Frank and right. let him know, please? Apparently, they didn't let him know. Think... I can't believe it.
1: I think Frank already knows that his time is over. And I think he found out on Twitter, which was a very weird way for Frank Vogel to learn he's not going to be the head coach. Because when Woj tweeted it out, he said that he would be informed on Monday. But I'm like, whoa you're <laughs> tweeting out right now. You don't think the guy's going to see this? Anyway, we'll get to the Lakers another time because their season, one of the most disappointing in recent NBA memory, but it has come to a close. You mentioned it, Dave, so much to get to on this Monday morning. Let's start by looking back briefly to yesterday in the dominant performance all week long for Scotty Scheffler at Augusta National in a dominant two-month stretch for Scotty Scheffler, who has won four times in his last six starts. He's the only golfer in PGA Tour history not named Tiger Woods to win at least four events in a single season, including a WGC event, and now a major championship, the first of Scotty Scheffler's career. So I was a little bit surprised, Dave, to see Scotty Scheffler open up at 14 to 1, tied for the third best price for the next major championship, the PGA championship at Southern Hills. What do you expect the future prices to be on Scotty Scheffler for the biggest events in golf?
3: Well, first of all, that was one of um, one of the more recent, like really I don't know if I want to call it dominating, but that was like his composure. Yeah. Despite the fact that afterward he was telling everybody how he felt was super impressive to me. And I think now you're going to see it start like this at this number and only come down. These numbers are reserved for the favorites, the public favorites like Rory, DJ Tiger, when he was playing, was always single digits for every major. It didn't matter whether he liked the course, whether he was in good form or not. It was always the same. So now it's a little, you know, not surprising. It's just that respect has to be given, at least in the opening number for for Scheffler now. Because this little stretch that he's on, it's time that people start betting him like, You know, when you win a major, now is when you see it, like in the book, that's when they start getting bet a lot more. So price adjustment happens going forward. Um, All that being said, he's not going to win the U.S. Open. I don't think so. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be quite, quite a stretch here for Scotty Scheffler if he was able to compete again, but a big game hunter, winning some of the biggest events, and he's won four of the last six times he has teed it up. On the pga tour incredibly impressive for scotty last uh this past weekend at augusta national winning his first green jacket so we move from golf back to basketball in the nba postseason that begins tomorrow night with a play in tournaments between the brooklyn nets and the cleveland cavaliers inside the barclays center dave brooklyn booked as an eight and a half point favorite the odds have favored the brooklyn nets all year long, in the futures market, on the numbers, even when they weren't playing at their best. Is this finally the next time now that we have reached the postseason? Oh, I mean, you know,
3: an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, it's the biggest spread of all the games in the play-in. Um, and not surprising, right? You, you have to make them a number that at least might entice a bet on the dog. And I think... You know, we've talked about it in the past, how big that number seven is. And, and, you know, seven and eight is when you start to search for the dog money. It's not here yet. I don't know if it's coming tomorrow either, man. I don't know. This is – everybody's been talking about how, you know, the Nets are going to just turn it on and make this little run. Well, okay. They have to win one game, and then they're in. Yep. They get the Celtics. Be careful what you ask for. If you're the Nets, okay, you want to play on the road. You want to, you know, we don't we don't care about the position. We didn't have everybody yep. together. You better round everybody up after you beat Cleveland tomorrow, and get ready for that Boston series because that is going to be, oh, dare I say, the best series in the East because we're going to have a couple other ones, but that's going to yep. be must-watch
1: basketball going forward. I think you can make the argument the C's have been the best team since the All-Star break they won 15 of their last 19 games that two spot if Brooklyn wins they will be the number seven seed matching up against the Boston Celtics in the opening round of the Eastern Conference playoffs so Sherry from your odds making perspective and your history in doing so the Brooklyn Nets plus 330 right now on FanDuel the second best price to win the Eastern Conference. What do you expect that number to be if slash when the Nets knock off the Cavs tomorrow night?
3: That number is already there. That's not going to change mm. much. That's what that number reflects. That number reflects that they're already going to win. And today, you can't assume anything, just like you can't assume a double play in baseball, but you can't assume that the Nets automatically improve but you can when you put the price in. This isn't going to drop. It's not going to be anything. This is good for people that may have a Bucks ticket. This is good for people that mm-hmm. may have a Heat ticket. This is good for people that,
2: uh,
3: dare I say, even have a Sixers ticket. I mean, everyone else but the Celtics and the Nets. Uh, one of the two can – only one of the two can advance. So the other prices to me are the ones that reflect yeah. that the Nets are playing the Celtics in round one.
1: All five of those best odds that you see right there in the Eastern Conference within $4 of one another. Not the same picture out in the West. The Phoenix Suns, a relatively short favorite compared to the rest of the field at plus 120. So, Sherapan, how do you evaluate the rest of the Western Conference in comparison to that price on Phoenix?
3: Um, Well, you know, uh, the Mavericks were going to be the one that I think would have piqued all interest and what an unfortunate thing to happen to to Luca. Hopefully he's going to be okay. But that price is the one that's, that's interesting. The Warriors and the Grizzlies are priced close enough that I don't think you can put them in like, you know, who ahead of the other one. I'm surprised the Warriors are ahead of the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are a two seed and half home court yet their price is better than Golden State because of past track history and what they've done. So I don't know. The rest of the West, I mean, I, I, again, we've talked about this now for two months, at least every Monday at uh, at usually the 40. It's going to be the Western Conference Finals is going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be Phoenix against the winner of the Memphis Grizzlies and Golden State Warriors Series, most
1: likely. I think so too. And that could provide some value with those relatively larger prices, plus four ten for Golden State now and plus five fifty for Memphis. As we look at the play-in tournament, Dave, in the West, it begins tomorrow. The T-Wolves, a three and a half point favorite against the Clippers. The Pelicans, a five-point favorite against the Spurs on Wednesday night. But Dave, on FanDuel right now, for Minnesota and LA to get out of the play-in tournament into the Western Conference playoffs is minus two eighty. Why no love for either the Pels or the Spurs when it comes to getting out of the play-in tournament? (laughs)
3: Uh, It's a long road to hoe uh, to get up there, right? Okay, let's put it that way. You got to win an extra game. And the likelihood of doing it on the road after you just win this other game isn't there. There's an interesting proposition on the FanDuel app um, about you can pick the four teams that advance out of the plan in multiple uh, prices. I was looking at that this morning a little bit going, hmm, which one breaks it up? Because the first one is
1: so heavily favored. It's hard. I like the plus 470 for the Hawks in lieu of the Cavs. We'll talk more, Dave, later in the week. More the morning after next. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. It's a Monday and that means Tom Vecchio is back on the show as well to look at some of the Major League Baseball slate. Of course, Tom Vecchio is the home run prop king. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel joining us here on a Monday once again.
4: Tom, how was your opening weekend of Major League Baseball action? Thanks for having me. You know, it was a bit uh, some swings and some misses, no pun intended for baseball. But it's a bit up and down. It's going to be a long season. I'm not worried about uh, a few. You know, hit on Arenado, home run on opening day, some strikeout props. Uh, but I'm ready to go.
1: We are ready to go as well. And one of the games up on this Monday evening slate, a good one out of the National League East between Philadelphia. And New York, the Mets won three of their first four games in their opening weekend series against the Nationals. The Phillies won two of their first three against the Oakland Athletics. There should be tons of offense available in this game. Where on the prop board, if at all, Tom, does this game catch your eye?
4: Uh, I'd be looking to for I'd be looking for some home runs on some players. I think that we're going to be seeing. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be seeing so much offense in this series going forward throughout the entirety of the year. Uh, I think we're going to be in for some very close games. Uh, tonight, mm. Today's slate overall is a bit mixed because we have a few early games. We have a few late games. I'd actually be looking in the early window, and that'd be with Andrew McCutcheon on the Brewers. Uh, they're going up against the Orioles. This game is in Baltimore, so first of all, we have a, a great hitters park there. We also have a bit of wind blowing out in Baltimore towards left field, so that should benefit right-handed hitters, Is always good to see. Uh, it's kind of a classic righty-lefty matchup for the hitter. Uh, McCutcheon last year, super solid, 329 ISO, 40.6% fly ball rate and a 43.8% hard contact rate versus lefties. And he's going up against Bruce Zimmerman, who's not really a good pitcher in any capacity, uh, allowing, uh, allowed 1.92 home runs per nine to righties last year, 37.8% fly ball rate and 38.2% hard contact rate, kind of fitting the bill when it comes to that 40-40 line i would look to and i'm also going to be considering hunter renfro for the brewers also a player with some big power upside again righty wind blowing out great hitters park you know kind of checking all the boxes for the brewers today
1: tom you mentioned it early on when i asked how your opening weekend was we could also maybe make that argument for the brewers they lost two of their first three in this opening weekend series against the Cubs in Wrigley and just barely avoiding a sweep with a 5-4 win yesterday. Milwaukee, the heavy favorites to win the National League Central, a rather disappointing start to this Major League Baseball regular season. But how do you try not to overreact based on what you see just in the opening series of a very long Major League Baseball season?
4: Yeah, I don't overreact to any two or three, four game sample size for probably any player, team or hitter just because the season is so long, you know, we're going to see players reach their heights and then we're also going to see them reach their lows. Everything will, you know, kind of find its level. They're going up against the Orioles. So that's kind of the, you know, the get right spot for them, the magic elixir to Hmm. get their offense going, kind of see their pitchers do their thing. So I'm not worried about any one hitter. A hitter could go 10 for 10 to start the season, and at some point he's going to fall back to earth. So I don't really worry about small sample sizes at any point throughout the season.
1: So are you still using last year's numbers for the most part as you get ready to handicap today's slate?
4: Yeah, it'll be last year's numbers until about June 1st or so, and then I'll start to incorporate Hmm. those. If there's some dramatic change where – all of a sudden, a player last year who, over the course of the whole season, he was at a 30% fly ball rate, and all of a sudden this year he's up at 41%. I'll have to dig into that. Is it just some, uh, you know, is it sample size? Is it something to do with his underlying metrics? We look at the Statcast has that. Is he improving his launch angle, et cetera, et cetera. So it has to be a good sample size to actually get a full picture, not just a week or two or even a month. That's probably not enough for enough plate appearances to get a, a good number on a player.
1: So a Andrew McCutcheon home run prop in that game between the Brewers and the Orioles in Baltimore around a 3 p.m. Eastern time first pitch. Some of the earlier games up on this Monday, but later on in the evening, Tom Vecchia, where are you looking for another home run prop on the board?
4: That would be with Mitch Hanniger, and he does have two home runs to start the season in the first three days. You know, he's hot right now, I guess you could say that. Again, not worried about, you know, having a good start to the season. It's more about his numbers overall and his mashup going up against Bundy, uh, who's not really a good pitcher. Reverse splits pitcher left 2.2 home runs per nine to righties last year. Kind of the same thing 39% fly ball rate, 36% hard contact rate. Hanniger last year, 206 ISO versus righties, 39% fly ball rate, 35.5%. Hard contact rate it's between him and Jesse Winker the newly acquired Jesse Winker for the Seattle Mariners I think they're both in a good spot and of course I was on Mm -hmm. Winker over the weekend and he didn't hit a home run so I guess now it's it's his time to hit one against Bundy slight bit of wind blowing out in Minnesota shouldn't be really too much of an issue but any little bit can help
1: Tom you've mentioned wind a couple of times I think it's a thing that the casual sports better when it comes to handicapping baseball doesn't often think about where does it rank in your priority list as you get ready to handicap a game.
4: It, it's got to be up there after right after the the hitter and the batter matchup. It's park factor and wind. Those kind of go hand in hand. Like tonight in San Francisco, there's supposed to be a wind that's 20 to 25 miles per hour blowing out. But San Francisco is a park that's specifically designed to kind of mitigate some of the wind, just because it's mm. San Francisco on the Bay. So while the stadium design like the actual layout of the stadium what they do with the walls all that is important we also have to take in, in, uh, into account the wind the weather the, the heat the humidity all of these things so it's right after the pitcher and hitter matchup along with looking at the stadium
1: i think that's a great point and something that not often is thought about when it comes to looking at a game total at a home run prop Whatever it might be. A good one up in the American League East tonight inside Yankee Stadium between the Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays. Right now, the Yanks, a slight home favorite against Toronto, who is going with their young right hander in Alex Manoa. Are we focusing on him in the prop market at all?
4: Yeah, the over on five and a half strikeouts. It's sitting at minus 122. I like this spot personally for him. Last year, he ended strong, uh, 10 8 7, 10 strikeouts for him in the final four starts of last season. Uh, He pitched against the Yankees twice last year. He had 10 strikeouts in 11.2 innings. He had 52 and 61 pitches in his final two starts in spring training. So he should be up around 70 to 80 pitches, probably falling somewhere in the middle. If he can get to six innings, I think he has a good chance. You know, last year, the Yankees, with their current active roster, they had a 22.3% strikeout rate versus righties, which isn't, uh, you know, terrible. It's slightly, slightly better than the league average. We do know them to be know some free swinging power hitters so Manoa picking up you know four strikeouts in the first three or four innings uh can certainly get done as long as he can control his pitch count he'll be able to get there into the fifth or the sixth inning so I like the over a little bit of juice at minus 122 tonight
1: I believe he had seven strikeouts in his major league baseball debut inside Yankee Stadium for the Blue Jays and Alec Manoa he was fantastic last year Part of a really good Blue Jays staff, part of a really good Toronto Blue Jays team, the favorites to win the American League East at plus 155. And the Yankees struck out 24% of the time in this opening weekend set against the Boston Red Sox. Anywhere else on the board, Tom, that you have an eye on for this Monday slate across Major League Baseball?
4: I'd be looking to Manny Machado for two plus total bases. Uh, I think it's sitting at minus 110 right now. Uh, he should be going up against Nick Martinez for the San Francisco Giants, I believe. Um, not not really too worried about the match. But again, a little bit of wind, as I said, out there in San Francisco. It's not going to be a major factor because again of the stadium. But this is a spot where we've seen him again start off the year strong. Not a huge sample size, but any little bit any little bit of extra wind can help. And it's Machado in the middle of a, a strong offense. So I like uh, nearly even money for two plus total bases on Manny Machado tonight
1: so Tom we focus big picture now on the National League West again we don't overreact to anything in opening weekend but the Dodgers dropping two or three against the Colorado Rockies out there at altitude rather surprising to start off this Major League Baseball season but no real reflection in the odds the Dodgers still minus 250 to win the National League West both the Giants and the Padres winning their opening series of the year the Padres taking three of four the Giants two of three of course Tom last year San Francisco rather upstart in winning the NL West do you see any value when you look at the National League West Divisional Board
4: the only spot I'd be going would be the Padres at plus 380 and it's largely depend largely dependent on you know how healthy we're going to see Fernando Tatis when he comes back I think their pitching staff is very very strong with the addition of Sean Manaya. you know right before opening day I think that's a, a good addition for them even though they you know, traded away Mike uh, they traded away uh, they're going to get Mike Clemson back from injury, and they traded away yep. the pitcher uh, Chris Paddock to the Twins. So yep. they have a lot of moving parts. They also should maybe bring up Mackenzie Gore from AAA, who's one of the top prospects in overall baseball. So they have a lot of good things going for them, and as long as they can stay healthy with their hitters, I think the pitching can help them get it done.
1: Of course, Fernando Tatis missing the first couple of months of this season due to an injury. We'll see exactly when Tatis Jr. can return for San Diego. But I still expect the NL West to be very, very competitive this season. Quickly here, Tom, flipping it over to the NBA. When do you start to dive into the play-in tournament props for tomorrow night?
4: As soon as the props get posted, I'll start looking. You know, I would have to say that this is the time where I'll start leaning on a lot of unders, specifically the game unders. Uh, Just if we look at historical data as the playoffs start and then as uh, specifically when the playoffs go further in, we do see unders hitting more and more because field goal percentages drop. So I often actually look to the under initially. Whenever the game gets posted, I'll take the under. And if the game starts off slow, the line will drop and then potentially try to find the middle to live bet the over. So it's 230 between I think the Clippers and the Timberwolves for tomorrow. I think that line's a little bit high. You know, considering we could see some solid defense from the Clippers. We know that the Timberwolves play super fast and they can put up plenty of points, but I would initially lean on the under and then trying to live bet the over, depending on what that line is, and try to get a nice middle.
1: A great point and a great handicapping approach to early postseason basketball in the NBA. That's a lofty total, 230. Might we see defense? Rear its uglier head tomorrow night in the play in tournament. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel joining us here on a Monday on the morning after the home run. Prop King and a prop king across the board. Tom, thanks so much.
4: Thanks for having me. We
1: look at the NBA postseason market from a futures perspective. How has it moved? We find out next.
0: grid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid Sportsgrid.com.
1: no nba action tonight but we get ready for the postseason beginning tomorrow with play-in tournament action both in brooklyn as the nets host the Cavs as an eight and a half point favorite and in Minneapolis, as the T Wolves host the Clippers as a three and a half point favorite. The regular season is over. We use today as some downtime to look at the market overall on the morning after on Sports Grid on this Monday in Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Let's look at the biggest market we can find to win an NBA championship compared to where things were in the preseason, now at the end of the regular season before the playoffs get underway. We do that in Market Movers. I have a pretty good assessment of how the market moves, but I need a numbers guy, a true numbers guy that knows the NBA like the back of his hand and as we talk basketball, also pretty good at assessing the futures market in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, otherwise known as March Madness. That man is known as Andrew Galupo. Bocci, or as some others call him, a name that we do not reveal here on the morning after, but he gives co- he gets coffee and gives picks. And that's what we'll do now in evaluating the market for how the future is moved in the nba championship odds Bachi, how is your hand does it look like the nba and the knowledge that you possess
5: uh looks pretty good i currently still have a ticket for the charlotte hornets to make the nba playoffs at plus 410 still alive oh. they need to get through this play-in tournament going to be a little tough but let's see if the hornets can pull through and get that eighth seed i'm riding with the hornets for this play-in tournament
1: A a four-and-a-half-point dog on Wednesday night on the road in Atlanta. They would need to win that game and then play the loser of the Cavs and Nets. And right now, it's probably Cleveland. So, as we focus on the Nets, Bocce, it was no surprise to see Brooklyn booked as the preseason favorite to win the NBA championship. Way back when, the opening week of October, before the NBA regular season even got going, the Nets were the short favorite at plus 240 a shorter price than we are even at right now with the favorite that win the NBA title, the Phoenix Suns at plus 270. We'll get into that conversation in just a moment. You see the Lakers there with the second best price at plus 350. The Lakers aren't on the board anymore because the Lakers aren't even in the play-in tournament. The Lakers eliminated from postseason contention last weekend, one of the most disappointing seasons in NBA history when you put it into perspective of what the expectations were for L.A., before the year got underway as you see right there the second best odds to win an nba championship at plus 350. let's continue running through this board right now milwaukee had the third best price in the preseason to defend their nba title at plus 850 now three dollars off that number currently to plus 550 the dubs plus 950 50 cents shaved off the fourth best odds right now on FanDuel at nine to one the biggest move the phoenix suns 15 to one in the preseason, always a number that stood out to me. Now the favorites on FanDuel at plus 270. The Utah Jazz, 14-1 to 1 before the year got underway. Now 27-1. to 1. Tons of interesting market movement to dissect. And then Bocce, the Miami Heat, 24-1 to 1 before the year got underway. Miami now the number one overall seed in the East, with the fifth-best odds to win the NBA championship at plus 950. Bocce, let's start at the top. With a team you know very, very well and cover thoroughly in the Brooklyn Nets. The preseason favorites at plus two fifty, now over $4 deeper on that price at plus six fifty. But this is the moment for Brooklyn. They've been booked as a relatively short favorite, both in the East and the NBA championship market for a good majority of this season. Now's the time to cash in on that respect that the odds makers have given the Brooklyn Nets this year. What do you make of the postseason outlook for the Nets as they begin in the play-in tournament tomorrow at home against the Cavs?
5: All right, I'm just thrilled that they can have a home game for the play-in tournament. They're the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. It's it's like that SpongeBob meme where he's like leaning up against the wall, like, ooh, like we finally made it. Like we're finally in the playoffs. The Nets don't have to worry about any more regular season slumps. I went on BATR yesterday talking about how the Nets consistently cannot put two halves together of just dominant basketball. And we saw that yesterday. They came out rolling against the Indiana Pacers. And then in the second half, Indiana, a 17-2 run, hitting almost 23-pointers. It, it, it came down to the wire. You can never catch a break with this Nets team. But as you alluded to, Ben, the odds makers have been keeping the Nets up at the top all season long, no matter what the struggles may have been. After the Harden trade and now Ben Simmons with the team, the odds never really drastically moved for the Brooklyn Nets. They're still in that top five to be the favorites. And Brooklyn right now has an opportunity to, you know, kind of put their money where their mouth is in a sense, where they were that dominant team coming into the season. They're a different team now. But if you can get some momentum, you can get potentially Ben Simmons back. Sham Serrani a couple other beat writers have been hinting that Ben Simmons could potentially play in this first round series if the Nets make it out of the plane, which is expected. Ben Simmons would play about 10-15 minutes, but they need him. They need to figure this out, and they need to be able to put it all together. I haven't seen consistency from the Nets in a long time. They had some feel-good wins at the end of the season. They started getting into a groove, but... Again, still nothing jumps off the page with me right now with Brooklyn that makes me say that they should absolutely be the favorites. I'm curious though, is they get out of the play and they're the seven seed against the Boston Celtics, would they be favored in that series against the C's?
1: For sure, absolutely so. I think when you look at the prices right now in the East, plus three thirty on Brooklyn, plus five hundred on boston and despite the celtics having home court advantage that plus 330 price as we learned earlier from our sportsbook conciliary and former odds maker dave Sharpan, on brooklyn right now is the price given that brooklyn is expected to win tomorrow night as an eight now point favorite against the cleveland cavaliers brooklyn though however against the number as a home favorite inside barclays center this year just 526 and one against the spread but i think based on the future prices that we see, whether it's in the Eastern Conference or the NBA Championship market bocce, Brooklyn would be a slight favorite in that series price against Boston, or having them $1.70 ahead of the Boston Celtics right now makes absolutely no sense. So it's an interesting discussion on the Brooklyn Nets because with how short they were to begin the year, plus 240 for a team to win a championship before the year even got underway, to now finding themselves at plus 650, Is there value on Brooklyn? Yes, their path is difficult. They have to get out of the play in tournament first, and then they are going to be the seventh seed. They won't have home court advantage, although I'm not sure that really matters for the Brooklyn Nets, given how bad they have been inside the Barclays Center for a good majority of this season, especially covering numbers. That's why the conversation now on the Nets has flipped from why are the odds so short on this team to we have made it to the postseason. Maybe there's value on Brooklyn once again.
5: Potentially. I mean, I'm going to bet the Nets. I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet them to beat potential, the Boston Celtics. I will do that. I'm taking the Nets in six in that series. What, the exact score, the exact result, Nets in six yeah. against the Boston Celtics. Fingers crossed if okay. they get through Cleveland first and don't have to get to the eighth seed. But, yeah, there, there is value in the Brooklyn Nets, as crazy as it is to say with their up-and-down season. You have Kevin Durant. You have Kyrie Irving fully healthy and ready to roll in the playoffs and Kevin Durant in the playoffs is a different animal he was going for 40 points a game and every Mm -hmm. game against the Milwaukee Bucks last year he had a near 50 point triple double he turns it up playoff time it's like all right that little heat cranker on the stove there I'm just gonna gas it up just a little bit and that's what Kevin Durant is able to do he's one of the best pure scorers in the NBA for a reason and if he's able to take control of a game it's bad news for the other opponents but for a team that they could potentially face in the first round in the Boston Celtics, they've been an amazing defensive team. And I'm curious to see how former Brooklyn Nets assistant coach from last season, Ime Udoka, and now the head coach of the Boston Celtics, what his game plan is to take Kevin Durant out of that game. I think one of the biggest concerns for the Nets is going to be the injury to Seth Curry. He's been dealing with a lot of pain in his ankle, and he's been just playing through all of this pain and he's been sitting games he's been limiting his minutes if Seth Curry goes down I will guarantee that the Brooklyn Nets playoff hopes are over they need the outside shooting as great as Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and Kyrie Irving are you'll, you have to love the value on the Nets but if Seth Curry goes down the Nets go down with him
1: a crucial component to that depth for Brooklyn you can see the walking encyclopedia of NBA knowledge that Andrew Galupo is you give bocce something in basketball he's gonna knock it out of the park into the outfield stands where he was yesterday at yankee stadium and on the jumbotron to watch the yankees just not be able quite to pull off the sweep over the boston red sox five to four the final there but the focus right now on the nba botch and that nba championship market the next area i want to direct our attention is to two teams that seem slightly undervalued in the preseason especially the phoenix suns now the number one seed in the west and the miami heat the number one seed in the east prior to the year getting underway phoenix was 15 to 1 to win an nba championship they're now plus 270 as the short favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook. sports bocce they were 15 to 1 to win an nba championship and they made it to the nba finals the year prior they were also plus 850 in the western conference at the time the fifth best price To win the west which they had done the year prior virtually returning the entire staff and roster it never made sense to me the phoenix suns had so much value in the marketplace and now the odds reflect that at plus 120 in the west and as you see there plus 270 as the favorites to win the nba championship
5: i feel like it's not necessarily a knock on phoenix although they should deserve a little more respect coming into the beginning of the season But I just think everybody else expected the West to be better. The Lakers were supposed to be a top three team in the Western Conference. And then you see all these other teams jumping up, the Utah Jazz, the Golden State Warriors. Not the best of seasons. And I think a lot of the odds makers may have expected better outcomes from them. Phoenix Suns are a great basketball team. And they are hands-on the best team in the Western Conference for a reason. They have the best record, and they play the best basketball I've seen in that conference. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, an amazing backcourt, and then Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, two guys that defensively can lock you up on the perimeter. DeAndre Ayton down in the paint. You have to love the value in the Phoenix Suns because no matter who they match up against, I think they're going to be able to find a spot where they're going to be able to break down the opposing team's defense. If the guard play is not working, all right, we can go down to our big center, DeAndre Ayton. If the the down low play of Aiton's not working, all right, we can go out on the wings and move out to Jay Crowder and McHale Bridges. I think the Suns have a lot of depth. I think they're a very well-coached team. And they're the top team in the West for a reason. And the disrespect in the beginning of the season, it showed throughout the season. If you didn't get it then, you better jump on it now because that price is only going to dip for the Phoenix Suns.
1: Still plus money at plus 120 to win the West. And I think it's about finding that second team who plays Phoenix in the Western Conference finals. That's how confident I feel the Suns will get back to that precipice, at least in the Western Conference postseason. And again, notice the price on Miami, 24 to 1 before the year got underway, now plus 950, the fifth best odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It makes sense that price cut by more than half miami will be the number one seed in the eastern conference playoffs i think you could make an argument for value there at plus 950 and also at plus 390 the third best odds in the east as well andrew bocci Bocchi, thank you so much as always for your expertise you know my bye 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 best bet is going to be at yankee
5: stadium today yeah unfortunately i couldn't be there to help you root for your bet and give you the win but go yanks
1: We close out our final three hour program together right here on the morning after in just a couple of moments on Sports Grid in Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Spiz Grizz network. I am Ben Stevens. A reminder, the morning after is starting tomorrow, down to just two hours, but two great and jam-packed hours for you. 9 a.m. is the same start time till 11 a.m. Eastern. Why? Because SportsGrid is expanding our programming in a very positive way. The Newswire will debut tomorrow starting at 2 p.m. Eastern with Craig Mish as the host. The latest breaking updates you need before your wagers get underway in the early afternoon and how the market has been moving newswire debuting tomorrow should be a ton of fun there so we round out our three hours together with a best bet we look to baseball why not on this major league baseball monday so before we say farewell before we say goodbye it is time for an mlb best bet it is time for bye 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 a dandy in the american league east today inside yankee stadium between those new york yankees and the toronto blue jays the blue jays visiting and last year in major league baseball because we're only through one set in total this year we need to look at the metrics last year and last year the blue jays had the highest under percentage on the road in all of mlb that number 59 and a half 59.5 percent of toronto's games last year on the road hitting an under. The Yankees had the fifth highest under percentage at home last year. Nearly 54% of the Yankees games inside Yankee Stadium staying under as well. The Yankees under in two straight to end out their opening weekend series against their bitter rivals in the Boston Red Sox. Toronto showing why they're one of the best offenses in baseball in their opening weekend series going over in two of the three. But I like Alec Alec Manoa on the bump today for the Toronto Blue Jays. Two starts inside Yankee Stadium last year. 11 and two thirds innings pitched, only three earned runs allowed. Under nine, the best bet. Morning after, back at 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. I'm Ben Stevens, we'll talk to